Before we get started on Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine, we'd like to tell you about the Miracle Moments Luncheon to benefit Easter Seals UCP Port Health. Earfluence, which produces this podcast, is a proud sponsor, and we'd like you to join us May 1st, 2024 at 1130 Eastern Time at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary. This event helps raise funds and awareness for the life-changing direct services provided to more than 40,000 children, adults, and families living with disabilities, mental health, and substance challenges so they can live their best lives. We'll put more information on Easter Seals and the luncheon in the show notes, but again, that's Wednesday, May 1st at 1130 at the Hilton Garden Inn in Cary, and we hope to see you there. Attention bourbon lovers, are you ready for a taste sensation like no other? Old Raleigh Distillery, recently awarded Best Micro Distillery in the U.S., invites you to experience the art of whiskey blending firsthand. Located just east of Raleigh in downtown Zebulon, the distillery specializes in premium, micro-batched bourbon, and limited-release whiskeys. Visit the tasting room Tuesday through Sunday to savor a wide variety of whiskeys, specialty cocktails, wine, and beer. And don't miss a chance to peek behind the curtain with a tour of the blending operation every Saturday and Sunday at 1 and 2 p.m. For more information and to plan your visit, visit oldraleydistillery.com. Follow on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Old Raleigh Distillery for exclusive updates and behind-the-scenes content. Old Raleigh Distillery, where every sip tells a story. Me being the nosy Nelly that I am, I just walk right back there, oh, push God. the curtains open, and start looking around. And you know what's funny is when I walked out, she never said a word to me, but she told you she <laughs> that I was snooping around. You're listening to Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I'm your host, Gina Stevens. You may know Raleigh Magazine, but what you may not know is how we get our stories. It's all inside baseball. You'd be surprised what people will tell us. Our MO is telling stories no one else is telling. So this podcast is where you get the inside access to stories you won't read anywhere else. So let's dive into some of Raleigh Magazine's biggest stories. We say it all the time, Raleigh Magazine is your go-to for the scoop. This month is no different. We reveal big news on the city's hospitality scene and introduce you to a slew of new concepts from some huge local players, titans in the hospitality community. With me today is Editor-in-Chief Melissa to talk about all these exciting concepts. Melissa, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Super excited to dig into all our juicy scoop. Yep. I will tell you, I am known for keeping, I'm not, I'm known for not keeping secrets very well. <laughs> True. Outside of <laughs> business. I keep a business secret pretty well. You tell me you're going to give me an exclusive and I will keep my lips closed. Also until. true. And for the last year and a half, almost two years, I've been walking around with what I think is a pretty exciting secret. Now, some people in the know knew, but the majority of Raleigh had no idea what restaurant was going on the roof of the Dillon? Now, I digress. If you haven't been on that roof, it's open to the public, right? Get on the elevator right beside Barcelona, ride all the way up to the ninth floor, get off the elevator, and go take some photos. It is a spectacular space that they treat as almost open to the public all day long, every day. And it's a beautiful space. You get an incredible view of the sunset, incredible view of the skyline, um, I've had photos taken up there for several things for the magazine. 
And it's been the secret. Everybody's wondered who's going in there, what's happening with it. Yeah. I mean, it's arguably the most coveted piece of real estate in the food and beverage community. Hands, Hands down. Hands down. Yeah. That, no discussion. And you have known. I have. And and I I will digress. You know, Dylan opened in 2018 and you stood on the roof with John Kane and he told you from day one it would never be a national bigwig, which it could easily be, being so coveted, oh. right? Oh. But it was, in his mind, always going to be someone local. And then fast forward, now, like you said, you've known for two years who that was going to be. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I think about when he said that, and I thought, I kind of rolled my eyes, I'm sure, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I thought, somebody's going to come along with a lot of money and go, I want this space, give it to me. Right. Um, and he didn't. They've held true to their original mission that this would be a local restaurateur, and it is. So Samad Hatchby, Molino, the brains and talent behind that restaurant, mm-hmm. um, is opening La Terraza, yes, which means terrace. Yes, and it's a fitting name. Very fitting. It's going to be an incredible restaurant. It's floor-to-ceiling glass. Um, it'll seat about 100 people inside, mm-hmm. indoor-outdoor bar mm-hmm. um, with an outdoor space that will be enclosed so that if the rain weather isn't agreeable, they can open or close it. Right, the accordion doors. Yes. And this is massive. The inside space is like 4,700 square feet. Yes. And then outside another 1,200. And you know what's interesting about it is he considers that patio, and so does Kane to be public space. Mm-hmm. They don't plan to close it off and if you don't have a reservation. So it's one of those things that Samad has no idea how this is going to work yet, but this is what I love about him. He said, you know, you have to wait for a table at Barcelona and you want a, a photo on the skyline. Yep. He goes, I want to have it so you can come up and if you just want a glass of bubbles, which is the other thing I love about this space. Yeah. But if, if you just want to have a drink while you wait for a table there at the Oak or Oku, you can. I mean, he is going to have, he hasn't figured it out yet, but service so that you can just grab a drink, take some photos, and then zip to your reservation somewhere else. Yeah, like how cool is that, that this is a spot where he envisions people being able to just come up to the rooftop and, yeah. and as you teased, um, taking center stage in his cocktail program is champagne. <sighs> yes. So this, and you love bubbles. I love bubbles. <laughs> I love bubbles. And when he said that, he's got two special coolers that when you walk in the interior dining room, you walk in, they're going to be these special champagne coolers on either side that right. are just stunning. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. But I think it, it is, he's also created in a way that he knows there are a lot of people who are going to want to use this as an event space for right. weddings or special occasions. And so there will be opportunities for that. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it is a restaurant. So the food's, you know, pretty crucial. And this food was inspired a lot by his travels. And he sees it as this like healthy, fresh, seasonal fare, uh, leaning heavily Mediterranean and Italian. Um, so you'll have fresh seafood, some pastas, some art- artisanal pizzas. I asked him, I said, it sounds a lot like the menu at uh, Molino. Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> not at all. He goes, not at all. And the other interesting thing is I think many of us see Molino. I don't see Molino as a special occasion restaurant. I want to go there once a week. But it is a special occasion because it's so beautiful. But he wants the space on the Dillon to be more casual. Mm-hmm. which I think is interesting. It is because it's such an elevated space and, you know, well, pun intended, but right. but literally you would expect, if you picture these big city spaces like in Chicago and New York, when you're that high up and you're on one of the highest, you right. know, uh, spaces in a, what is it that, well, formerly the Hancock Tower, I will never be able to tell you the name of it now in Chicago, but what is that, like the 89th floor or something? I stood and in line for that and gave up. Right, it's so bougie, you know, and so it is an interesting um, juxtaposition of how people would typically picture these sort of spaces. Right. And I love that. 
He doesn't want it to be considered the fanciest. So I thought that was really interesting. I'm excited for him. Um, It's funny. This has been in the works for a long time. And so because of that, he's got everything. He's got the chairs. He's got the tables. He's had all the the tabletop and tableware shipped from Italy. He's got everything in storage. So really when they start construction, he's hoping for February, March opening. Um, which is going to be quick. There's really, other than building out the kitchen and the dining room, I mean, those views with that glass, when I stood in the space, I was like, wow. Yeah. It's really cool. It's very exciting. It's good for the city. And I mean, Raleigh has nothing like it. And who doesn't love a rooftop? I mean. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So we've only told you a tidbit of what's in the story. So check it out. And again, you know, we can keep a secret if we have to. Yeah, exactly. Um, You've been keeping another secret. Right. Jumping across town, uh, there is a new tap yard. So we go from the roof to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this is by, in my opinion, one of the downtown bar scene pioneers, and I guess in a lot of people's opinion, Zach Medford. Uh, he was behind Isaac Hunter's, Coglin's, a slew of other bars with his business partners. And, and really, I, you know, Isaac Hunter's was the f- one of the first bars to open on Fayetteville Street in 2009. So he helped make that area what it what it became. Since then, he and his partners, Isaac Hunter's Hospitality Group, have closed all those spaces. And, you know, I think a lot of people thought maybe Zach kind of went quietly into the night and um, pivoted to his Raleigh Trolley, which is really popular. Uh, but no, he was hanging out on another part of town over near like Britside Bodega, uh, Pine State Coffee, Watkins Grill starting this tap yard. Well, you know what's funny is I think there's something in the story. You know, Zach's like kind of the rest of us, right? I mean, he kind of grown up a little bit. He's got three kids. He's got two yeah. dogs. He's yeah. So he, going from the dance bar, party hall, to now a more um, fitting bar space that works for his family too. Yeah, this is really, I mean, because he said like exactly that. I'm a family man and I want a place that I can go with my family and and they can be safe and have fun and, you know, we can drink a beer or whatever. And so I got to hang out with him in the space. It's not done yet. It's slated to open, well, he hopes in the fall. Um, And so not far from now, but what was built out, it's actually like an old, what is it? Uh, Advanced Auto Parts. Parts. And it's where he used to buy coolant for the great Raleigh trolley. And once he realized it became available, I think maybe two years ago, he just fell in love with it. And so when I went to check it out last month, like the actual yard part of it is there. So altogether, I'd say if you're trying to picture it, it does put off some bowstring vibes, but also has its totally own unique identity. To me, and I don't know if Zach would agree with this, but it's subjective anyway. I felt like it was very like tropical. I felt like I wasn't in Raleigh. I felt like I was on vacation. I don't know what it was about it. And and the trolley was parked there. That was really cool. You walk around back to the yard. Um, we got to walk through the indoor space, which is massive. Um, so the building's 5,000 square feet. Wow. And then the beer garden itself is an acre. Um, but he's going to have so many cool things. Like it's even going to have a podcast studio. He really wants this to be a community hmm, We can space. take our podcast on the road. Yes. And he said it would definitely be where we would want to watch games. So ah. he's definitely got a lot of vision for it. But everything from ice cold cocktails to a great bourbon list. So that'll excite you. Um, and really just a display of spirits, craft beers, and even Hawaiian shaved ice. And for those people who know and loved Isaac Hunters, you know, like Zach's kind of done it all. Isaac Hunters was a tribute to Raleigh and its history, hence the name. Um, they had the Cherry Bounce Cocktail, which a lot of people say, like, gave our capital its identity. He's bringing that back. 
to the tap yard. Uh, but like you mentioned, you had the Coglins Dance Club. You also had the bottle shop on Fayetteville Street and other spots as well. So this is this is a pivot for him, but it kind of brings a lot of things together and it's a good moment in time for him. Well, and you got to give a shout out to Zach. Beyond being just a business owner and and the, the grind of that daily part, when COVID hit, almost as soon as the governor put restrictions in mm-hmm. place, almost immediately the beer and wine guild lobby, whatever, came out with it, and they were protected. They they had already things in place that protected them. Well, the bars didn't have an organization, and, and Zach really put himself out there and helped create and helped organize what's now the North Carolina Bar and Tavern Association, and, you know, it takes a lot of work to do that, a lot of patience, yeah. and he, he really felt strongly that protecting the bar industry and the workers was really important to him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he founded that organization, and he was the face of the of that aspect of the community during COVID. I jokingly called him <laughs> Mayor Medford a lot, which I'm not sure he loved, but, um, but I mean, he really just, he's so passionate about yeah. everything he does, and, and I think it's kind of gone without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is an area of town. There's no, um, Lauren wrote the story, but when we were all kind of envisioning the layout, we talked about this, like, what district is this? Because as a magazine, Mm -hmm. we talk a lot about how to give people an identity in a space, put them in a space based on a district, not like a street address. Right. And we sat there and we were like, well, it's sort of between Mordecai and Oakwood and it doesn't have a name yet. And I'll be damned if Zach is not doing it again. Here he's gone into this, you know, underserved area of town that is on the come up. And, you know, Brookside Bodega, all these things. And this tap yard, I think, is going to be the thing that lights this community up. And he, he and his family walked there from their home. Well, and that's Oakwood. the same thing with Brookside Bodega and its previous couple of generations, whatever iterations, whatever it's been. I remember being there eating pizza and a wagon, a couple was pulling a wagon full of kids and the, and the dog on the leash and coming from the neighborhood. That area is is a cool area. And it's coming soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't have a date, but, you know, he follow our Instagram and you'll see exactly when it opens. Absolutely. A local icon since 1949 and where Raleigh comes to celebrate, savor, and enjoy. Village District is celebrating 75 years of tradition and taste. You can join the celebration for their 75th anniversary on Saturday, April 20th from 3 to 8 p.m. on Woodburn Road. Enjoy live music, pop-ups, a kid-friendly area, and the launch of their Village 75 beer, exclusively brewed by Standard Beer and Food. For more event details and other Village District happenings, you can follow Village District on Instagram at Shop Village District, visit their website at shopvillagedistrict.com, or sign up to receive texts by texting the word VILLAGE to 919-701-0202. Another exciting one, another good friend of yours. But what's funny about this is um, I love Wilco. I don't, ha- I, I don't <laughs> but I don't have the same relationship with Lily that you have. I know her, but I don't. But mm-hmm. I just like the bar, and it's a Sunday afternoon haunt for me. So I was in there one Thursday night on a random, and the curtains are pulled to the back, and you had told me that something was coming, something was brewing. Well, you know, I didn't even see Lily behind the bar, but me being the nosy Nelly that I am, <laughs> I just walked right back there, oh, pushed God. the curtains open and started looking around. And you know what's funny is when I walked out, 
She never said a word to me, but she told you (laughs) that I was snooping around. (laughs) She did. And Lauren had gone by, too, and been like, oh, we'll do a story or we'll do a post. And Lily Lily was like, no. Lily, I I love her for this. She's sort of, um, well, in my words, not hers, kind of anti-media. She likes for her spots to make a name for themselves on their own. Yep. And authentically. And she'll, she literally, in this case, in this back bar that we're going to tell you more about, she sent out like a quiet text to like a dozen people um, in the hospitality industry. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some of them were some big names like Ashley Christensen, but they were also just friends of hers. Um, Oscar Diaz and her are good friends. But it was just this text to like people she's grown up in this community with in the hospitality community. It was like, hey, come have a drink and, and turn down, you know, the NNO called her, she said, you know, you and Lauren had been in there. And this is actually funny. And I, I mean, it's hey. it's humbling to say, but this is how it played out. So Lauren tells me that she's in there when we were at the NCRLA awards ceremony. And she's like, yeah, Lily doesn't want any press. And I was like, huh. So I messaged Lily and I was like, it's so it's called La Valadora. I was like, La Valadora is ready. And um, I was like, you don't you don't want us to talk about it. And she was like, oh, you can. Yes, you can tell my story. And you're rolling your eyes. It's all about relationships, folks. <laughs> it really is. It was a great lesson for the team in general of just how how things work. It also was very humbling and a lot of pressure for me to to do her the service I felt oh, like yeah. she deserved. Lily is a local treasure. Wilco is a local treasure. She also is co-owner of Five Star, was the or- owner of um, now defunct Calavera. She's okay. been in this community for a long time. She has, but let's back up. Because not everybody is the bar junkie that we are. Right. And Wilco is Williams and Company. Yes, and it's um, ne- it's next door to Crawford and Son mm-hmm. on Person Street. It's a neat spot. It's yeah, it's quaint. I want to say it's like forty seats, and it's also responsible for putting Mezcal on the map in Raleigh. So um, she is. Which this is incredible to me. The number one seller of I'm not going to pronounce it right, probably, but Del McGuay, I think it's an artisanal mezcal. She is at Wilco, the number one seller in controlled states in the U.S. of this mezcal. I mean, uh, that's Raleigh, right? Raleigh, not, not bad for a, like a a sleepy strip with a 40 seat bar. Like, are you serious? But you know what's funny to me about this? Melissa hates mezcal. Oh, oh she hates oh, yeah. mezcal. <laughs> I mean, hates it. And if you go somewhere with her and she's ordering a drink, she goes out of her way to say, there's no mezcal in it, right? <laughs> so the fact that really let you tell this story knowing your absolute distaste for mezcal. So that's what's funny about Lily and about La Valadora. So a couple things. La Valadora um, translates, it has three meanings. It's the day of the dead candle, the night watcher that kind of stays up all night to keep everyone safe. It's also the name of the traditional mezcal glass, which is actually like pretty small. Um, my favorite thing that Lily said was you put those three things together and you stay up all night to get lit. <laughs> so it's like the perfect name for a bar. Uh, but she is an agave aficionado and, you know, agave spirits being tequila, mezcal. And she's very well educated. I mean, she's gone to the central part of Mexico and stayed with the families. It's the birthplace of the agave spirit. She's stayed with the families and watched them make it. You know, she's not just she doesn't just love mezcal like she's in tune to it. She's very educated on it. Um, So when I told her that I had not had a great experience with mezcal, we ended up having an extra story in the issue that my rant. What I learned was maybe when something becomes really trendy, which mezcal has, then maybe like it falls in the wrong hands and all of a sudden it's on every menu and not everyone knows how to use it well. So Lily has challenged me to become educated on mezcal and drink it with people that know what they're doing with it. You know, oh, absolutely. No I mean, others, I mean, the, I, 
Absolutely. I mean, it's like walking into a, you know, a tequila bar and ordering, ordering bourbon and expecting the person behind the bar to have some clue. You know, it's like she, this is her specialty. You, you can be sure that any cocktail that's on her menu with mezcal in it is top notch. Yeah. So she challenged me. I went in there on my birthday um, to see this face again. And uh, right before we were going to the printer in September for the October issue. And she walked me back there and we looked at it again. And then we ordered a mezcal drink in Wilco uh, because La Valador is only open Thursday to Sunday. That's but, what I was and it was ask a Wednesday you. night. So we were in Wilco. But um, anyway, she made me a mezcal drink. And I have to say, I did love it. And the other thing that she's doing that I would be remiss not to mention is that she's getting some 80 mezcals that are impossible to get and impossible to find. And she said with the ABC system, that's, you know, no small task. Um, but she's got already, and follow them on Instagram, I mean, she's already got a lot of really unique bottles. And so, like, for your interest in bourbon, it kind of reminds me of that, where you have to, like, oh, there's this one bottle in this one state, go there. I think this is kind of what she's doing. Um, The other cool part about this is the building itself. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that what's interesting about that building is we tried to find out some history on that building um, because there was a fire there. And it the, all those buildings have such an interesting history behind them. And we really yeah. – but it was – there was a fire. I don't know. How, how long ago was the fire? Yeah, I think we figured out that the building was at least 80 years old. Right. The fire was probably – you know, 60 to 80 years ago. And we tried really hard. We even like called on people that should know to pull the real estate records. But that's that's loosely correct. But Um, it's interesting because she told me that they basically rebuilt it from the rubble using all of what was there. Yeah. And even the former Pie Bird executive chef um, used his bare hands, um, the original cedar burnt floors. So there's really... The space has a lot of personal history to it. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. I mean, you have to go in there. And, I mean, they actually have, because she wants this to be sort of a spiritual experience, um, a place you can just go and chill. It's classic Lily. So there's there are things there beyond just mezcal and spirits. I mean, there's she has, a, like, some spirit-free drinks that are supposed mm-hmm. to be really relaxing. And so no matter what, whether you drink or not, I would highly recommend going in there. But they revealed the copper ceilings, the original, the, the worn the walls. Yeah, it's all very, it's sort of like poetic justice. And yeah, Christian, who you were talking about, he took the floor up with his bare hands and built the bar. Some of that had to do with the fact that they were, this has been, I think, in progress for two years and with supply chain issues and cost of lumber mm-hmm. and things like that. It was sort of like this Sweet. aha moment. Like yeah. we can take this and we can use what was here. And I mean, like she said, nothing that she's done before has ever matched the vision she had in her mind until this, mm-hmm. and that there's just nothing else like it in the world. And you've taken this really unique historic Raleigh space and brought it back to life. Everything in it is authentic. And then they've had her cousin lives in Oaxaca and sent over um, handmade, you know, authentic relics from Mexico that were made specifically for this bar. So everything from, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, blankets, pottery, masks, even the herbs and bitters. So, I mean, we could do a whole podcast just on this bar, but go. Go check it out. And and again, like she said, you don't have to be a drinker to go in there. They have, you know, non-spirited alcohol, I mean, non-spirited cocktails. And so find something, but they are going to do some 10-person dinners there. Yes. Um, that one more Lily story. One of the things I loved about the spot when I started going into Wilco was on Sunday afternoon, there was usually empanadas or something in a pot. Oh, tamales. They tamales. still have them. I mean, there was always something in a pot at the end of the bar that smelled yes. incredible. And 
I always tried something. I'm so glad you just brought that up because she told me that those tamales are made, um, I think, daily. They're authentic. And they're they're, so they're the ones they used to have at Calavera made by the same woman who made them. And I would also be remiss not to mention that they have a DJ. Yeah. Um, DJ Keith Ward is really well known. Yeah doing their music program, which is on the Thursday and Sunday, kind of bookending the weekend. So, Like we said, there's lots of stuff we have to tell you about that's coming. And we've talked about this other spot. Speaking of um, iconic personalities in yeah. Raleigh, Jason Howard. And yeah. you think Atlantic Lounge, the Cardinal, used to be Brooklyn Heights, um, Little Ombre, has his hands in lots of things. One of my new favorites is the Pink Boot. Um, yes. If you haven't been there, go check it out. It's just a great spot. No frou-frou, great beer. But he is, it's finally happening. It is finally happening. We've been talking about Rainbow Luncheonette, which is next door to the Pink Boot for quite a while. And this is a tiny little space. Again, I think it probably has seats 20 or 30. It's not very big if at that, all. Yeah. Um, he's always described as the Waffle House on steroids <laughs> with liquor. And that's it. there couldn't be a more accurate description. They'll serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And then I think it's Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. The only thing on the menu at dinner time will be a, a ribeye and a baked potato and a salad. Yeah. And so it's classic. I even talked to him today and he's got some neat plans for it being like, I don't, don't hold him or me to the price, but something like a $30 deal where you get a steak, a half a bottle of wine, if you split it with someone, a baked potato and a salad for like 30 bucks. That's awesome. I mean, can you imagine? No. Um, he, it's, and the space is so cool. Um, I'm, I'm really excited about this one. Yeah. I mean, we've been excited about this for a while. We had a feature story on this last fall with great pictures and you can still see those on our website and I'm sure we'll produce some more as it opens, follow us on Instagram. But this space is just such a cool, nostalgic vibe. And back when we talked to him, you know, well, throughout since last fall and on, he talks a lot about how there's just places like this all across America. And he really leans into the the simple stuff, quote, like, quote, <laughs> and that he also really likes to lean into small spaces, partly to connect to the staff and to the clientele. But also, I think I think he said <laughs> with these spaces, it lets you get a little weird, which is so Jason. Which is so true. <laughs> and also so true. Yeah, I am. Um Every one of his spaces, I like him because everything is so different. I mean, the Atlantic Lounge is entirely different mm -hmm. from Pink Boot or from the Cardinal. Oh, yeah. Absolutely different. You'd never guess that was the same hospitality no, person absolutely. at all. Like, and, and I think he looks at a space and doesn't try to take a concept he already has and squeeze it in and make it work. He looks for a new concept. And I, I admire that a lot about him. He's certainly a... Um, lightning rod in this community and yeah. gets lots of, you know, draws criticism for different things. I think he's fantastic. And I really think he is one of the most creative people. Eric Ginsburg wrote the story for us last year. And Eric said, and I will, this won't be a direct quote in the story, but he said something like, you feel like every one of these spaces is the room that Jason wishes he had at home, at home. Like yeah. he creates a space that he feels comfortable in and it feels like something yeah. he would want to be in. And yeah. I like that. I love that you brought that up because, yeah, he also talked about, that reminded me, he talked about how Jason said sometimes you have to let a building tell you what it wants to be. Right. And I do just picture him being this really inspired hospitality entrepreneur that 
is creating these. It's almost like he gets this divine intervention or something, but they are all such unique concepts and they really help define Raleigh and they really stand out from everything else and each other. Well, you know how, I mean, how Pink Boot happened was he was doing Rainbow Luncheonette and there was this tiny space that's pie-shaped, which is Pink Boot. It's really narrow in the back and comes out. I mean, no one would even look at that space. And he kept looking at it and thinking about it and looking at it and thinking about it. And he said, I realized I could do the coolest little sort of, was it country music blaring, you know. Honky-tonk. Smallest, weirdest country music blaring honky-tonk in America or something right. like that. With trailer park trash cocktails. Yes. You know, Which it's, is my favorite part. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, he looked at that space and didn't just try to stick a concept in it, create a, a concept for that space. And I like that. So be on the lookout. Jason's going to let us let you know on our Instagram when he's actually officially opening Rainbow Luncheonette, but it is coming soon. Time to add the mix into the mix of your go-to hot spots with signature craft cocktails and neat pours, 12 rotating craft beers and eight rotating fine wines, plus cider and bubbles. The mix has the perfect pour for everyone. Take flight with beer, wine, whiskey, mezcal, and tequila. Or not in the spirit, craft cannabis gummies and high seltzers also invite. Sprawl out on the patio, post up on the couch with your laptop on a weekday, catch the big game on multiple TVs, or cozy up in the wine library for an upscale paired tasting. Weekly events keep the good times coming from tastings to live music and more. For the full lineup of events and offerings, visit BottleMix.com. Yes, with two X's. So that's BottleMixx.com. Okay, so rapid fire for you. Always a few of these to put you on the spot. Um, we've talked about a couple of things, and there's some other stuff we know is coming. What are you most excited about? I bet I can tell you, but go ahead. Um, I'm going to have to say Tap Yard because I got to envision what it would be like as I was walking through the construction space. And, you know, we the spoiler alert, the story was called Comeback Kid. And I'm just so happy for Zach that he's on the comeback and he's going to be behind the bar again. I can again. tell you, I never thought he was gone. And people said that. But I felt like he was just doing what the rest of us do. You know, COVID was hard. sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. he probably just took a breath. And, and Coglins is doing well in Wilmington. Right. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. They do have Coglins in Wilmington. But I will say this. It. If you ask anyone in this city who's lived here for any length of time and is not 20, what they <laughs> what they wish would come back, everyone says Coglins. I know. None of us would go dance there, but at this age. And it's just so, it was so nostalgic. Right. It was the like 80s and 90s. And so that's yeah, why, you know. For sure. What about for you? I am, obviously, I've been walking around with this Samad secret for so long that I can't wait to see that space and sit there and look out with a glass of bubbles in my yeah. hand. And an, another story for another day, Samad is in the process of building a villa in Italy. Ha ha. Hard life. <laughs> His family lives there. It, it You know, so it's a family space. But so he casually, when we were on the rooftop shooting the photos of him, he said, oh, you can use it anytime. He doesn't think I'm going to forget that, right? I am going <laughs> to go ahead not. and nail down the dates because he showed me photos. It's gorgeous. So That's so awesome. I'm excited about it. All right. So second question is we've talked about all Jason Howard's concepts. Which one's your favorite? I So I love Atlantic Lounge, but I'm actually going to have to go Pink Boot. And I think it's because it's really just blown me away. Like, it is it is a small space, as we said, but it's so unique. 
It's so popular with so many different kinds of people. It's packed with these Raleigh relics, like the Sadlack sign and things like that. And the cocktails are, they're strong, but they're like, they're so funny, you know, like trailer trash cocktails, you know, like yoo-hoo. Um, I honestly think, hear me say it, this has been open, it opened Christmas Day last year. I think it can make a run for one of our best bars this year overall. I agree. I've got a couple of funny stories about it. I took a group of girlfriends from North Raleigh in there, and I was sitting on a, a stool in the corner, and I get a text from Jason going, thanks for coming to my bar tonight. And I was like, I said to the bartender, I said, is he here? And he goes, no, but he's watching on that camera right up there. And I was like, <laughs> nice, nice. No, I mean, I do, absolutely. And it's funny. I take, you know, it's nice thing about what we do. We know a lot of places. We yeah. go to a lot of places. And so when I take a client out or I invite a client out and I take them somewhere they've never been and you kind of know their personality, but I use Atlantic Lounge as one of those places that very often when I want someone to tell me a story or, or let mm -hmm. me be, let us break a story, I will take them there to Atlantic Lounge and buy a key and yeah. say, this is my gift. Because you know what? You're never going to forget who bought your key for you oh, if no. you do that. No, it's so cool. And it's, and so, you it's know. It's exclusive. I, it is. And you feel like somebody's done something for you and you're going to turn around. I feel like most people I've done it for have turned around and paid it forward and bought a key for someone else. Oh, I love that. And so, you know, again, we're one drink at a time yeah. <laughs> getting the whole world drunk, but <laughs> yeah. it's such a great space. I, I'm is. torn. I like both of those. So, um, but tune in because we've got lots more news next month on big, yeah, big, big announcements for hospitality community of things that are opening. This has been Office Talk with Raleigh Magazine. I hope after hanging out with us, you feel more like a Raleigh insider. You can find copies of our magazine around town or subscribe for $10 for 10 issues. We'd love it if you gave this podcast a rating and review and share it with your friends. This podcast was edited and produced by Earfluence. I'm Gina Stevens. We'll see you again soon. Want more of Raleigh Magazine in between issues? Visit RaleighMag.com and subscribe to our newsletters. They come out Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Five-minute read keeps you up to date. And especially on Friday, dish on this, where to eat, where to drink, what to do this weekend. Subscribe for free at RaleighMag.com.